0: super talk mississippi media production
1: coleman taylor transmission servicing central mississippi for over 60 years their ase certified technicians offer dependable transmission services a warranty and record services call coleman taylor today for all your transmission needs this is rebecca turner and thank you for listening to the good things podcast here on super talk mississippi
0: it's mississippi's radio happy hour
1: Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the Good Things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Don't forget, you can listen to Good Things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. And of course, you can always find us on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch us too. We are on your computer, even your mobile device. Just take that browser over to supertalktv.com. You'll see I got a full house today here on Good Things. I love it when people come to join us, particularly when it's about such a good topic. And I think that's something we can all get behind, which is Make Mississippi OD Free. I don't think anybody would be against that, and we've got a great day coming up, so go ahead and put it on your calendar. April the 22nd. It is Take Back Day, we're going to talk about what that means. And joining me today is Colonel Maxwell. He's Director of Mississippi Bureau of Narcotics. We've got Miss Jan Dawson. She is with Make Mississippi OD Free Campaign, and we got Miss Cordy Rodenball. Did I get it right? <laughs> did. Her son helped inspire legislation uh, to contribute to um, holding those drug dealers accountable and more so welcome i know this is a tough topic talking about uh, overdosing or drugs but it's to me it's a good thing because i'm gonna start with you uh, jan because these type of campaigns help show that mississippians are on the ground in the trenches hoping to you know raise awareness and stop these overdoses so tell us a little bit about make mississippi od free
3: Absolutely. We uh, are currently hosting a website called org, And uh, along with it, we have a media campaign that's also running uh, on social media as well as on television. And the purpose behind this website and this media campaign is to educate people about prevention of overdose. Uh, on that website, you will find a, a large number of resources, information about overdose, information about how to find treatment, but also on that website, you can also uh, request a town hall meeting for us to come in and, and talk to you and do education within your community. But also the most important thing to me is you can go on that website and request a naloxone kit that has information in it uh, about how to administer naloxone in case of an opioid overdose. Um, and it will be shipped to you free. It does ask for some information on that website uh, when you request that. If you choose to put in your insurance information, that insurance money goes back into the program to help buy more Naloxone. However, if you choose not to share that information, uh, we still ship that to you for free. So right now in Mississippi, we consider that one of our biggest, best projects toward uh, reducing overdose. It's hard to know sometimes how many people you're saving, but we believe that it's probably in the thousands at this point in time And we're just beginning to collect the data about how it's being utilized. Colonel Maxwell, I see you shaking your head
1: when it's like how many people were saving. You're like, yes, you are. Because, you know, I feel like it's one of these statistics. And a lot of times with unfortunate uh, scenarios, we get get bombarded with all these numbers and statistics and we forget, we get numb to them that these are people. These are actual individuals. And, you know, when we start to connect those dots that, hey, these are our loved ones, that's when we start to really wake up. But from your perspective, Colonel Maxwell, with the statistics, where are we kind of Overdoses in your jobs, do you see every day?
4: What I can tell you, Rebecca, is that um, drug addiction and uh, drug overdose and drug overdose death associated uh, with that addiction continues to be an issue throughout the state of Mississippi. Uh, The drug culture is constantly evolving. Uh, What we're dealing with today, we won't be dealing with tomorrow. What we're dealing with this year. Uh, we won't be dealing with next year, and hopefully we'll get a chance to talk a little bit about how that evolution impacts uh, our challenges in improving the quality of life for Mississippians throughout the state. Uh, but what I can also tell you is that uh, Governor Reeves and Commissioner Tyndall are committed to that, uh, and I think that their work with our state legislature, uh, and we'll get into some of those things today with uh, legislation that was passed this year and last year, put us in a position, I think, uniquely, other than the other 49 states, where we're at the tip of the spear of this challenge, and uh, and we're going to remain there with partners like MPHI, and also uh, with mothers like Cordy uh, in the fight now.
1: Right, and Cordy, I mean, thank you so much for being here, and also having the courage to share your story about your your son Parker. I'm going to get you to come a little Thanks. bit closer okay. to the, so we can make sure we hear your wonderful story. So share us uh, Parker's story, and then why it's important for you to you know to continue to raise that awareness
5: and shout from the rooftops. You know. Okay, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, mothers across the nation are, mothers across the nation are trying to just yell out, you know, the help that we need to make all our kids aware. Um, my son Parker was 22 starting his uh, junior year at Mississippi State. Loved life. Best kid. Drugs was not on our radar at all. I mean, we did everything that we thought was right, kept them active, you know, in sports, everything. And you can't protect your kids all the time. And there will be maybe a bad decision, you know, okay. just a one wrong decision. And that's what happened to Parker. He was headed to college, moving weekend. But what we didn't know was another friend of his from high school also moved to that college town with no job, no intent for school, but had bought 450 synthetic drugs over the Internet from China. Holy cow. Deadly drugs. His intent was to get Parker and all his friends to take that drug and make turn into what he paid, 80 cents for a drug, to $10. So his intentions were not pure. Oh, no. (laughs) <laughs> no. And so he caught Parker at a vulnerable time that he moved in. And um, they they were having a fantasy football party at the house that he had moved into. And no one even knew that Parker was there. And he ran, in, ran into this guy. He took it. I don't know why he took it. Never will know. But he took it. And um, what Parker he took was a synthetic LSD 25-I. Which doesn't exist anymore, thank God. But it was so deadly that to touch it, it could get into your system just by in your skin. But anyway, Parker proceeded to start talking into circles. A boy from O Miss there went to the dealer and said, Something's wrong with Parker. He just dismissed it, and he said, Oh, he's just having a bad reaction, a bad trip, and just, you know, he'll be fine. Then Parker proceeded running into walls, shelves, bleeding head, knees. Someone saw him sitting on the steps, bleeding. But all the while, his friends thought, My well, gosh, Parker's just drunk. They never thought drugs. And if they did, oh, they were scared to maybe reach out. Yet. Right. And so, anyway, um, three hours went. That dealer was there watching this whole time. Never got him help. And Parker proceeded to fall into convulsions, turning blue, foaming at the mouth. Roommates yelled to call 911. That guy went back to his apartment, started playing video games. No concern. So anyway, Parker died. This guy was arrested. He was convicted of drug trafficking. Got 10 years. He was convicted of Parker's murder. He got 20 years. But with a technicality in Supreme Court... It was overturned. So that's when I went, and um, actually a DA from startful called and said, "Cordy, we can't let this ever happen to another kid, right. and we need a Parker's law." And I was like, "How in the world?" And then I thought about it. I remembered a time when Parker told me, "said so Mom, we were discussing what was he going to do after he got out of school. He said, I." don't know exactly, but I want to make a difference in this world. And I thought, I'm going to make that difference for my son. Absolutely. And so we started on Parker's Law, and all the legislators, um, this past couple years, Chairman Representative Nick Bain, got behind me strongly, and we got it passed. And what does it say now? Right now, it holds drug dealers, fentanyl drug dealers, accountable. For the deaths that they cause, and it's 20 to life. But we're wanting to add other synthetic drugs because there's more synthetic drugs coming down this line that are even deadlier than fentanyl. So we've got work to do on it. We've got the wording, work to do on Parker's Law. It's not perfect right now. But it's a start. It's a start. It's a start. And we have been, and Parker, it was 2014 when he died. And no one knew what synthetic drugs were. No. And I would stand up and tell people, and they just thought it was crazy. They didn't know exactly what. And trying to get the awareness out. And I think that's one thing we have done well is get the awareness out. So Colonel Maxwell,
1: before Parker's law, would it have been where the drug dealer obviously would have gotten in trouble for dealing drugs, but you couldn't pin a death on a drug dealer? Is that kind of the thing?
4: Not as well as we can now. Now, yeah. All right.
1: And that's a good place for us to pause. We're going to come back and talk more about making Mississippi OD free coming up next. Mm-hmm. The good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm, but you can also watch us too on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. You'll see I got a whole crew with me today. And we're talking something good. I think it's great that we're trying to make Mississippi OD free. And we have the day, Take Back Day, which we will get to, which is April 22nd, which you just heard a wonderful story from Cordy who shared of her son, Parker, who lost his life to, it's not fentanyl, but it was something it else, was, a synthetic, yes, synthetic drug. Synthetic
5: drug. Yes. And, and
1: after that, it now just came in strong. Which And it has really not slowed down, sadly, uh, Colonel Maxwell. But Parker's Law lays the foundation for, I guess, law enforcement uh, to have a better tool against those cults being the one that provided it, correct?
4: Yes, it does. It broadens the thoroughfare um, that uh, Governor Reeves and Sean uh, Tyndall, our commissioner, has been working with the legislature on. Uh, You know, Parker's Law marries very well uh, with an existing law, which is our Good Samaritan Law, um, that should encourage Um, You know, individuals who are there when someone is overdosing to call for EMS. It marries very well also with the Victoria Huggins Pill Press Act. And now uh, this year uh, with House Bill 4, which places um, TNF a drug, that you could acquisition over the counter uh, that is just as dangerous as some of these synthetic opioids. And I said that Cordy brought up a great point when she uh, spoke about the fact that there are other synthetic opioids and other synthetic drugs that are just as potent as fentanyl, such as nitazines, um, that we're having discussions about right now and, and hopefully we'll uh, follow the same blueprint working with our legislature to continue to improve the quality of life for Mississippians by getting those drugs scheduled as well.
1: And we were just talking, you want our if it all comes together like jam with the uh, make mississippi od free and being able to have the kits or all of the things on hand you wonder if uh you know parker's friends would have had it their the apartment or the house or knew how to use it or felt confident in it would it have changed anything you can't think back that way but maybe you can think into the future because mm-hmm. you do feel like those kids maybe if he had one good friend was scared to call in not that that excuses not taking care of your friends but you can put yourself in that position where it would be a, a you know and I think that's something Colonel Maxwell Moore, um, universities need to, be, their kids need to know. You're not in trouble. You don't, don't think. You don't get in trouble if you call and save a friend, right? And If it's uh, Absolutely. scary. I mean, that's like right. <laughs> <a> slippery slope <laughs> there. I don't know. But. Yeah.
4: So the, the good Samaritan law, um, you know, it it protects uh, those individuals who were there witnessing someone overdosing uh, if they if they call law enforcement if they call um, you know for EMS support because they're essentially doing that to save that person's life and what we have to remember is you know people who are using drugs they're not using drugs because they want to die they're using drugs because they want to get high um, for any number of reasons whether it's a behavioral health issue a mental health issue or there's dealing with some type of trauma uh, as a result of an event that they experienced early on in life and so we've got to move away from the stigma uh, associated from that yes. and we've got to encourage people to pick up the phone and make the call
1: And I love, too, the idea of shifting the mindset of sort of an OD, it being a poisoning, because really, again, it kind of is. It's a poisoning. They weren't trying to overdose. It was completely accidental. Um, And, Jan, I know a good way to help is getting involved with the Take Back Day, and I know that's coming up April the 22nd. We want to give folks plenty of information on that. Um, What is that
3: day and what surrounds it? So April 22nd is our uh, drug take-back day in the state of Mississippi. And on that day, people can take their prescription drugs back to uh, different location sites. And if you go to the org website, there is a link there to all the collection sites in the state. Many, many uh, pharmacies have a, a drug take-back box. And it, although it may not be um You may not have ever noticed it before. It's there. It looks like a giant mailbox. DEA comes through and cleans out those drugs and destroys them. So I know oftentimes people have a surgery or they just have a drug in their cabinet that they, uh, for whatever reason, can't take, and they keep them in their medicine cabinet without even thinking about the fact that they're there. But when you have someone who has the disease of addiction, Sometimes you don't, you don't really realize what they're looking for. Sometimes they don't realize what they're looking for. Um, so it's just better to take it back on, on drug take-back day or any other day of, of the year. We have two drug take-back days in a year that we really emphasize on getting rid of your drugs and taking those things out of the cabinets. But don't flush them. Please don't flush them. That's not good. They're not goldfish. No, it's not good for our environment. There are way too many other ways to dispose of them. If you are not able to get to a drug take back site, if you go to Mississippi uh, Public Health Institute's website, which is msphi.org, you can also request something called a Datera bag. And a doTERRA bag is very simple. It's a Ziploc bag, has some uh, uh, material in it. You put your medication inside of it, add a little water to it, zip it up, throw it in the trash, and it is completely safe for the environment. So if you don't have a drug tape site close to you, uh, you can always request that that way.
1: Cordy, again, I mean it's just so courageous for you to be able to stand up and talk about it and know that you're you know, Parker is helping save lives, right, through through his untimely death. What to other mothers though that are, you know, maybe ashamed of, of their kids one wrong choice or wrestling with whatever it may be. The courage that their stories can I mean not necessarily that you have to share your, your family's dirty laundry or whatever, but get behind it, get out there, you know, the more voices I feel like the better.
5: And I wish that I could talk to every mother I mean yes Parker didn't have a substance use disorder but who's to say down the line he would have gotten it because after you try one of these drugs it hooks you and so but there are kids out there that for all sorts of reasons get you know substance use disorder I mean From getting their wisdom teeth taken out, taking, you know, a medicine, to hurting their ankle, to anything. When your child needs help, please get it for them and don't feel ashamed. I mean, we all understand. And nowadays, it is so common that you shouldn't feel ashamed. Your next-door neighbor probably has a child dealing with the same issues. And for you to speak up because you don't know who you're helping. Me, I wanted to shout it from the rooftops. I still do. I want to climb the tallest mountain and just scream it. And it's going to take mothers
1: like her, Colonel Maxwell, to help strengthen Parker's Law and to create more legislation to sort of do that. Which here in Mississippi, it feels like we've been very progressive in the right way on that legislation. So for folks who think, gosh, I wish somebody would do something, you're saying, we're trying.
4: Well, Mississippians are blessed. Uh, We've got a governor, we've got a commissioner of the Mississippi Department of Public Safety, and we've got a legislative body, both in the House and Senate, uh, who listen to us. And um, they table our concerns. Uh, With that, we have seen within the past few years legislation that has come out that broadens the thoroughfare for us to judicially accountable uh, bring people in And hold them responsible for their actions, Uh, you know, when they are selling these drugs that obviously have a potency that not only result in uh, addiction, uh, but overdose and overdose stemming from, um, you know, that and death as well.
1: And hey, Ms. Jan, I know there's people listening. That's like, man, that was a lot that was going on today here on Good Things. I knew, told y'all it was a good topic. It's a tough topic, but it's a good topic because I feel like now we have things that we can sort of use or do or conversations to start. Even though we all want to put our kids in a bubble <laughs> and they can't, you know, and 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 watch their every move, but that doesn't work either. So where would the first step be for someone? Is it going to the website, taking part of
3: Take Back? Where would you? What would you say? So there are lots of ways that people can reach out. First of all, the, the first thing that we want to say is um, don't be embarrassed. Lots of people have this story. We're encouraging people to tell their stories, especially their stories of success. Uh, lots of people recover every day from mental health disorders or from substance use addictions. So what what we want to say is reach out to someone you can call the, the main line at the Department of Mental Health. You can call your local community mental health center. You can go to the OD-Free website and find all the resources for how to reach out to find treatment. We are trying to make this as easy and as normal as possible. But the important thing is, don't take time to be embarrassed. Take time to do something for your loved one or for yourself. And one of the things that we we want to do is to begin normalizing that conversation. We want people to tell their stories. Reach out to us to tell your story about recovery or your your journey as you went through a mental health crisis. Uh, Because sometimes people feel like they are stuck in that space. You don't have to be stuck. We will help you.
5: And I'd like to say also is a lot of people look at you and think it's your problem. It's our problem. I agree. It is coming from all ages, from middle age to college age to high school age to 12-year-olds to 10-year-olds, now to 1-year-olds, infants, Right. There will be substance in playgrounds that they get hooked up and die. On the floor on an Airbnb, they die. Your kid, you say you've raised them right, they won't do this. Don't ever think that. That's what I thought. And, and look can, where I and we can all protect each other and tell your drug
1: dealer they will get charged for murder Absolutely. yes <laughs> thanks to Absolutely. Parker's law thanks to all of y'all too I think we just keep raising the awareness keep having the conversation we'll see y'all back next year but you guys stick with us we're shifting to the Delta coming up next
0: Rebecca Turner
1: Good Things. We are on computer, your mobile device. You can watch us on Roku, Amazon Fire TV devices, even YouTube. And you can also catch Good Things on C Spire TV. We are on Channel 70 right next to the Weather Channel, which is a beautiful day here in Mississippi today. But that wasn't the case over the weekend, and the Delta still needs your help. Joining us today is Pam Chapman. She is the founder and creator of Boss Lady Economic Planning and Workforce Transportation Group. But she's also got a group, Boss Lady Crisis. But you guys have been up and at it and on the move since the weekend, Pams. So give us a recap of the week. Tell us something good. What's all the good ways folks have been showing up?
6: Something good is that Mississippi is Mississippi strong. Everybody is coming together, all boots uh, on the ground from all around the Delta, just seeing all the different small communities come together with resources uh, to help all of these storm victims is the good thing that's going on uh, around the Delta today. Well,
1: you've been at it since the start. Since the start. I was following your Facebook page uh, Saturday night, and into it, everything was going, was happening, or maybe it was Friday night. And I was like, man, she is on it. And as soon as the uh, smoke cleared the next morning, you were organizing Walmart trucks and getting everything um, going. So what all is going on right now? Right now I know there's a lot of moving parts, but where are you, where you have your focus at, Miss Pam?
6: Well, my focus right now is continuing to find other partners who have contacted me that want to bring more resources here. Um, Save the Children is doing an outstanding job from the state level all the way to the national level. Um, this morning, Save the Children were out um, getting um, uh, cooler so that the parents with children can keep their children milk uh cool we bought so many um pounds and thousands of cans of canned goods that uh we have taken to belzona for silver city residents uh we are still continuing to take truckloads of personal hygiene items, baby clothing, um, adult clothing um, by the truckloads to Rolling Fork. Um, we are in the process of ordering at least $40,000 worth of what is absolutely needed now. Right now, um, I keep hearing um, that blow-up beds are needed. I keep hearing about, you know, canned goods, personal hygiene items. And then we have all these hundreds of people that are around the Delta that are in hotels. So let's not forget the ones that are part of the storm. Um, they are storm victims, but they are placed right now currently in hotels. They, too, need hot meals. They, too, need clothing and things for the children. So right now we're trying to put a plan of action together to help those individuals uh, that are in hotels. i like to also continue to think energy. Uh, for all they're doing. They're just not trying to turn the lights back on. But they also have b- volunteers on the ground, and they're also sending resources to continue um, to help serve those people who are in the storm. Um, we have uh, Dollar General, just a just lot of major uh, Walmart, Walmart, I mean, people have been calling me from all over, as far as New York, people are in the giving mode and I'm so grateful that we have all these people who have a caring heart that want to provide resources.
1: And two, and knowing where to go or where to disperse them or how to make sure they get to those that need it most and all of that. takes someone on the ground who knows the Delta well. Nobody knows it better than you do, Pam. I mean, for the last several years, if not decades or a lifetime, you've really been working to help the people there in the Delta, you know, move forward and advance. And, you know, it feels like, you know, man, this is going to be a hurdle but with the strength of the delta and being mississippi strong you start to see those bright lights but it's going to be a long road so
6: you know yes. part of the conversation is don't give up don't you know it's going to absolutely yeah absolutely you know i think that what happened Rachel, was that my news director old hat kicked put back on my head and i instantly went into action mode and uh all the people that I have met over the years while in being a news director, I contacted those individuals. and We still began to work together as a team. And so that's important. You know, having somebody on the outside helping with logistics to bring the resources inside is the key. And so that's what people are using me for. You know, who do we need to contact contact the mayor? Who do we need to contact contact Frank Easton? Who's EMA, um, you know, Mississippi home corporation um, is on the ground right now. Currently, as we're speaking, walking around and assessing the damages um, red cross has out there and all they're doing is going from door to door, street to street, trying to find out what the needs are of the people. So that's, That's the key is finding people who can just jump in and assist the city, the county and the state with people, because see, we know the people we're from the Delta. We know who's missing. We know what their needs are. We know how to find them. And that's important. That is very
1: important. There's so many different moving parts to it. I know UMC had, had come and put up their mobile um, hospital there in the Delta as well, where a lot of folks, you know, they've been without their medication. They've been without whatever and their blood pressure is rising and they need to help that way. So, you know, there's just so many moving parts to helping a community that's been completely devastated in the way, you know, that Silver City and um, all have been Rolling Fork have been and everyone in between. And so it's just to me, you got to keep talking about it because it's not like they're going to build back tomorrow. This is going to be a long-term. Absolutely.
6: It's going to yeah. be a long time. And also just having the president uh, come to town and be on the ground to assess the damage is very key. is It's necessary uh, so that he can actually see with his own eyes the devastation that we have experienced. And so if we all continue to, to stay in our own lane and do what our strengths are, We can make a difference together. It's not about just one team of people. It's about everybody in Mississippi coming together, just like Greenville Mayor. He has everybody foot on the ground just doing everything they can to help make a difference to all the families who have lost everything.
1: Well, I keep seeing those great headlines. We keep trying to share them. If folks want to follow you and maybe get in where they fit in, how can they do that, Pam?
6: They can actually continue to watch my Facebook as things are coming up, coming in that I have confirmed from officials I would definitely post on my page. So continue to watch my Facebook page, uh, Dr. Pam Chapman, uh, on Facebook, and we'll continue to put it out there. But if you would like to get more um, more help on the ground, you need some more direction, you're welcome to give me a call at 662 20196625882019. And then I too I saw where
1: on your Facebook you mentioned that if, if there's a group that wants to organize then help rolling fork uh, they need to call city hall so they can find all that kind of information too on your on your Facebook page. You're doing a wonderful job keeping it up. Thank yeah. you
6: so much. Thank yeah. you so very
1: much. All right, Pam. I look forward to checking back in with you. You always let me know if you need if you got something good to share or you want to get something out. We're here for you. Thank you so much, Rachel. Alrighty. There you go. So many good things going on there in the Mississippi Delta. As I mentioned, if you're not a part of the Good Things Facebook group, you should be for a lot of different reasons. Um, just one girl, but trying to keep up with all the great groups and people that are out there who are assembling and going and doing cleanup or sort of fitting in where they can. But I think, um, as the days turn to weeks, turns to months, turns to years, you'll just see us continuing to talk about, uh, Rolling Fork as well as Silver City and all of them in between. Because like with Katrina, it's going to take time. It's going to be a long road ahead and what that looks like for those communities only time's going to tell but right now they're still in that displaced sort of emergency mode and and definitely uh continue to need our support however that is and don't forget one fun way we talked about it yesterday if you missed it you can always set up good things we're in podcast form wherever you get your podcasts. we're also on YouTube you can go back and listen to it um, is that the World Catfish Festival is going on this weekend there in Belzona which is right next to both and so getting out and supporting those Delta events and communities um, is one way that you know you're giving back even if that's the best way that um, that you know that you know how to do so Rhino, you've been awfully quiet today. <laughs> we've had a we've had a jam packed house today and I think it's I think it's great. It's definitely a good thing when we've got all the uh the good to sort of um to sort of talk about. So um keep that coming in the good things uh Facebook group. I also saw another one just shifting gears in terms of good headlines where Richton Elementary received a new playground to the tune of three hundred thousand dollars that was gifted for the kiddos there and I must so- not
2: have a very good mental idea of
1: What playground equipment costs? How
2: much playground equipment costs? Because a $300,000 playground (laughs) sounds like it's going to be gold-plated with diamonds all over it.
1: Well, you would think so, but you got to think about. um, It it was a grant from Blue Cross Blue Shield, and it was able to clear out the spot. And then you've got down the turf. You've got also um, concrete work, and then you got all the different pieces that comes together. My husband would tell you that that majority of the three hundred thousand went to labor costs to put all the pieces and everything together. But I'm sure. And I can
2: guarantee you, it doesn't have one of those old metal slides.
1: Probably not, but it's got a tennis court, artificial turf for safety, and everything else. But man, if you caught that thing just right, like an old metal slide, it old was a character builder slide. Number one, you took your life into your own hands climbing up the slide, and then it was whoosh down the thing. Let's not even talk about a Mississippi summer on one of those things. But stick with us, we got more for you up next. Things We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. And coming up next Tuesday, the whole team is going to be on the road to Sally Kate Winner's Family Services in West Point. That's Tuesday from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And we're going to promote Child Abuse Awareness Month. You'll get to hear stories throughout the day about the organization and make donations that make a difference in the lives of children that need their services. So it's going to be a good day there in West Point. Paul and Hernando says you could wax down the metal slide with the with wax paper. And fly talking about the old metal slides found oh, yeah. on, uh, I guess, way back when playgrounds. That is something that has morphed over the years in terms of what you see versus what's there now. Now, they've gotten and fancier, where you see them and where you see them and they've gotten fancier. But there are some things that are noticeably missing from today's playgrounds that parents just said nature selection. Good luck to the old school sort of uh playgrounds. I know you see less and less uh not monkey bars, but what's the what's the one that looks like the big dome that's on the on the ground that's metal?
2: The is ju- that what's called the jungle gym?
1: So, something similar. I can see it and the name is probably right there, but you see less and less of those because I mean, kids fall down, fall off, whatever uh it may be.
2: Do they still have the super fast spin machine, where it's sometimes you'd have a little plastic cated bowl. Yes. Sometimes you just have they the, have
1: the plastic the wire bowl to hang on to in some, but they you don't see them. Well, you don't see metal anything anymore. To be honest, like, I mean that's kind of not the way they do things. But you don't have the metal merry-go-rounds where you so like. The plastic ones are deemed safer because you're supposed to be sitting on your ruckus and putting your feet all to the middle. No, yeah, you they, just
2: get a spinal injury when it's dribbled to force <laughs> you over backwards.
1: But then they spin you around. But when you're forced to stand up and hold on, and then you get spinning around, that's when you have folks literally flying, you know, off left and right and everything in it's between. It's a
2: practical lesson in physics.
1: It, it, yes, uh, Jeff and Oxford, we put talcum powder on the metal slides. To make us go even faster.
2: You can wax it. You can powder it. You can wet it down. But on a hot summer's day, if you're wearing shorts, you're going to go down it quick. You're gonna No to, matter yeah. what.
1: Yeah, you really were. And it was, it is never, it always leaned to sort of one side than the other.
2: Unless it was one of those giant wide metal slides like they had in Tupelo out in front of the old Wendy's where it was wide enough for, like, two or three kids to go down at once. It was just this giant sheet of metal that you could have cooked an egg on in the middle of August.
1: But yet we look forward to it. Oh, yeah. All the time. And even you had um, swing sets that actually swung high. You know, they now sort of limit how high some of the swings can go. But, I mean, you get high enough, and then you would jump out like an idiot. <laughs>
2: Which the the, a the landing generation pad for than that they give
1: us that they give us credit for, I think
2: we jumped out of swings and landed in pea gravel rocks.
1: <laughs> Christopher McCone said, "Salem Attendance Center just got a new playground donated, and it has the super fast spinny." There we go, the super fast spinny thing. You're At ch- least
2: there's one left.
1: There is one left. Yeah. Well, I mean, nobody wants to send their kid to the playground and it wind up. Being hurt, but you do bring up a good point. Now they do turf, or they do the little rubber pellets back Those in little our day. Those rubber
2: pellets get everywhere. Yes,
6: but back in our day,
2: we had rocks. We had rocks. We landed on rocks
1: <laughs> and sticks and everything else. And if you are old enough to be Rhino and I's parents or grandparents, it was even worse for you. I mean, you just had dirt. You just had dirt. You just
2: landed on the dirt.
1: Uh, and the rock if you were
2: lucky enough to where it was still new enough to have grass, you landed on grass. But usually, it was worn down to dirt. And then
1: the rocks became their own weapon and mass destruction. Uh, is it as it had to be? All the good old, the good old days.
2: The good there's old. actually been a push in recent years to allow children to experience. And I know this is going to sound scary. To experience danger, like they have actual places set up where there's just stacks of pallets and old mattresses and just it looks like a junkyard but to a kid that could be a playground and they have stuff like they have hammers where you could take apart the the pallets and you you usually have an adult supervising all of it but it's very hands off right. where they're just watching to make sure nobody gets hurt and the kids can do essentially whatever like they'll take the pallet apart and build a campfire thinking oh my goodness how could you let kids play with wood and sticks and hammers and nails and fire and it works
1: that was what do you think they were doing when you told them to go outside and don't come back till dark you just didn't have to sit there and worry about it (laughs) oh you came back (laughs) are you hungry (laughs) i wasn't quite raised as latchkey as that but Somewhere in a happy, uh, a happy Sandwich and a drink
2: and back out the door. Sunset's not ready. Right, absolutely.
1: All right, well, we're not ready to let you go, but we got two. We got more coming up for you. You've got the boys with Sports Talk Mississippi from three to six. We'll be back here tomorrow at two, but until then, I hope you all find time for the good things.